In the last episode, I talked about boardroom strategies and tactics for leaders who are at the C-level or the vice president level or in that, in that range within an organization. And what I explained in that episode was that there are specific strategies and tactics that can help leaders understand on a logical basis how something has been built. So if we're talking about a specific dashboard or database or any development work, how to understand and how to ask the right questions in order to understand if something will stand on its own if it is viable and usable within the organization to make better decisions. Hey, this is Caleb, and you are listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast. Somebody who has done a lot of work behind the scenes, doing a lot of research, and making this podcast happen is my teammate Tatsuya Murao. When we started earlier this year, we had about 50 downloads per month, and we've about 10x that, and now we have an audience of about 2,000 people listening, which for our little podcast in our specific niche of healthcare analytics, this is kind of a huge progress. So thank you to you who are listening, as well as everybody who makes this podcast possible. So this is part two of a three-part series about boardroom strategies and tactics. And so in this episode, I'm going to explain how a individual who is in the middle of the C-suite or in the middle of those who are in the top of the organization and the developers. And this is usually a team lead, a director or a manager who is managing multiple projects or one project and how he can utilize specific strategies and tactics when it comes to getting the best out of boardroom meetings and meetings with those who are in high levels within an organization. Okay, so let's get into it. What are specific tactics and strategies that you can use as a project manager in order to deliver and show the best results? And in this episode, I'm only going to give you one strategy and help you understand what tactics can support this strategy to its utmost conclusion. And the strategy is simply this, communicate your progress. There should be no surprises when it comes to the progress of a specific project. The way I like to think about it is this, if you're starting a game, let's say you're starting a chess match and you want to be able to win that chess match with ease. When you have you who is sitting down and your opponent, you should be able to sit down and your victory should be a foregone conclusion. That when you sit down against your component, victory should be a foregone conclusion. And that's what I'm trying to get to here is that when you're leading development projects and projects involving analytics, when you begin or even before you begin Victory and or the outcome should be a foregone conclusion. And the reason for starting it is because it will be successful until the very end. And so once you start work, you should already have in place tactics and strategies and concepts that can aid you in leading the project to achieve its potential. And like a chess grandmaster, it takes a lot of preparation before you even get to the place where you're sitting down 
and deciding on what work needs to be done in order to accomplish what you need to do. And so if you're like a Bobby Fischer, for example, or a Kasparov or, or whatever else, you've trained and you have diligently looked after every single specific piece of information before you even get to the place to where you are putting effort and energy into a project. So the goal is that whenever you are tasked with a specific project, you can assess it, you can understand, hey, is this going to be a success? And then you can decide on if you and your team can move forward with it or not. And so if a CEO or the board of directors or anybody comes to you and says, hey, can you do this thing with you and your team or you and your department, then you should be able to say, okay, let me analyze and assess if this is possible. But once you give the yes, it's possible, then that's where success should be a foregone conclusion. And the reason why is because you already said yes. And so it is incumbent on you to be like that grand chess master who was able to look at their opponent and say, I know these this opponent's tendencies and I have specific skills that can overcome my opponent. And in this case, in analytics and in any development work, our opponent isn't necessarily another organization or competition, but usually our opponent is basic things like time and energy and resources, etc. And usually our opponent is the bar that we set for ourselves. And so if you are part of an organization that says higher and higher and higher bars, then what it does is it allows leaders to achieve and to aspire to higher and higher and higher goals. And you can see this in any organization from Skunkworks to Lockheed Martin to any other organization at the prime of their existence, you could say, hey, they've got something going for them. Even Disney in its early days when it was creating Fantasia and things like that, it was quite astounding what they could do with simple animations because nobody ever saw that before. And so if you have leaders at the very top of the organization that are raising the bar, and if you have individuals who are leading the specific projects underneath them, and there is an intense amount of competence there, then the goals and aspirations of the executive and directors of the organization can then actually be achieved by those leaders who are actually managing the day-to-day projects going on within an organization. Okay, so all that to say is the main strategy we're talking about is the strategy of no surprises or communicating your progress as it starts and as it goes through to completion. By the end of the project, it should be a foregone conclusion because whatever was communicated throughout the project, everybody at the end of the project should say, oh yes, I know this because of this, this, and this. They should all be in tuned to what has been going on. And so in order to be able to communicate your progress to make sure that there are no surprises, here are a set of tactics that you can utilize that I have seen done to great effect. And the first is this, is that you need to be able to track your progress visually. A lot of leaders within organizations have a hard time and don't necessarily have the time to look at intense 
paragraphs or pages of documentation and progress notes, etc. And so what a director or executive or board member wants to see is a visual that shows where progress is on a visual basis. And that can look many different ways. It can look like a Gantt chart. It can look like a bar chart. It can look like a list of projects and where they are in terms of completion by month or by week. It can be a series of different things. And it can be used in many different kinds of tools. I've seen it done effectively in Excel where every project is listed out and it has a column for months to completion, where it's at in the in the process, obstacles, etc. And it could be a spreadsheet like that. It could also be just a one-page document that shows the progress and where they are based on the original criteria for the project. I've also seen other tools like Jira, Trello, or any other tool that uses an agile methodology. So there are many ways that you can track a progress visually. And so once you're able to track it on a on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, then before you meet with individuals who have tasked you and your team with a project, then you can track it visually and send that visual representation to the management team directly. And so before the meeting, they can even take a minute to say, okay, I understand where we are. And so before they even engage with that weekly meeting, monthly meeting, or whatever that meeting is, and they can at least have questions about specific things. So after you are able to track progress visually, then what you need to do is you need to show the importance of each part of the project and determine and communicate those timelines. And so if you have that visual representation then you need to show within that visual representation every specific piece of the project and where it's at. And it could be another document, it could be internal, however it is, you need to at least be able to track that because even if you show just the the visual representation to those who are in, a, let's say, a weekly progress meeting, then they may have questions about the sub the subtasks within that. And so if you have those subtasks listed out, and it doesn't have to be anything extensive, but you know that, hey, in order to develop a database, these specific subtasks need to be done. In order to develop this metric, these specific tasks need to be done. And once those subtasks are done, then you can go a step further than that and say, now what obstacles are in the way to complete these subtasks? So to summarize, in order to be able to have the right tools to start a weekly progress meeting, then what you need is a visual representation, you need to list out the subtasks, and you need to identify what hurdles are in the way to complete those subtasks. Once you have that, then it's very, very easy to use that specific set of information to communicate that to those who are engaged in the project. And the meeting can have many different formats, and that's really up to you, but it's helpful to keep consistent from meeting to meeting and iterate if there is a better format for that meeting that serves you and serves those who are in that progress meeting. And these progress meetings are actually very, very important because what it does is it allows for no surprises. It allows for a foregone conclusion once the project is successful. 
It is able to adjust people's expectations to understand what is possible and what is not, what's attainable and what is not attainable, specific circumstances of the project. And within this weekly or monthly update meeting, then what you need is you need to allow space for others in the organization to ask questions. Questions about the progress, questions about specific things within the project, whatever questions they have, allow those questions to be aired out as soon as uh, possible. Because when individuals have questions, then it can open up the conversation to possibilities that weren't thought of before. And what it can do is it can help bring consensus within the team and within the organization about what they really want. I have been on many projects where we have been working through a specific piece of work and within, let's say, a month of the project, there uh, comes a point to where a director or executive has a series of questions to ask about the progress and about the technology that's being used. And at that point, work has already been done, and so we're really trying to do cleanup work and trying to backtrack and explain why we did what we did. And that is very, very difficult because at that point, for somebody who is an executive or director, that may sound like an excuse, like, why did you not do it this way? And you as a team lead or you within the development team would have to say, well, we did it like this because of this, this, and this obstacle. And sometimes a director or leader would say, oh, I could have removed that obstacle if I would have known that before. So these are specific scenarios where if you allow for questions within those weekly updates or those update meetings, however often they take place, then what it does is it allows for questions to be aired, obstacles to be identified, and plans to be established in order to overcome the specific obstacles that are in the way. The last thing that I would say is that within your follow-up meeting, allow for any follow-up actions because what that enables is it enables the executive team to understand that there are actions being taken in order to overcome obstacles and make progress. And likewise, it also makes sure that the development team knows that there are specific actions that are taking place and adjustments that are being done in order to achieve the project and make it as successful as possible. So once you have follow-up actions, then really that concludes what is entailed in a progress meeting. And that progress meeting, however often it takes, can be very, very important for allowing no surprises to take place at the end of a project. Man, and I can't tell you how many times I have been part of projects on the end of a project where I have been in a meeting and a specific individual who has not seen the project at all has a series of different questions about why something was done, how does this work, etc. And at that point, a developer team or leader then has to backtrack from the very beginning and explain the logic of how they got to where they got. And that's very, very cumbersome and can take a lot of time. Whereas if you have weekly progress meetings and it invite and include those who are most important in that meeting, then they can go into that meeting and they can understand what's going on in 15 or 30 minutes every week and be able to communicate those who were not able to make the meeting but are still interested in the project. You can also use this format 
in order to communicate progress on a quarterly, semi-annual, or annual basis. Although it won't give you the the quick cadence that is involved in, let's say, a weekly meeting, it still allows for individuals to understand the progress that is being done. And you can use something like a visual representation for a list of projects, and you can use that visual representation as your core document to track where you are. And as a leader, these specific strategies and tactics can set you apart from other leaders within your industry or your organization. And the reason why is because these specific things aren't rocket science. They're not complex. They're very, very easy to emulate. The reason why individuals don't do so is because their time is spent on mostly putting out fires. And so if you as a leader spend more time trying to attend to emergencies, then you're not going to be able to get in front of specific projects and show the actual progress that you're making. And I'm always surprised at the number of organizations where their leaders essentially just chase fires all day, where they try to eliminate emergencies as they're going on in order so that their organization can live another quarter, another month, another year, etc. But what they really don't do is they don't really step back and say, hey, what simple things can I put in place that can make sure that these projects and tasks get done as automatically as possible? Because as you as a leader, you want to put things in place to where you're not personally attending to them and you know that they're running as smoothly as possible. And this strategy of making sure that there are no surprises and having a set of tools that you use for update meetings, that can help get you a long way down the road. And the reason why is because surprises is what makes emergencies. An emergency, by definition, is almost always a surprise. You usually don't see it coming, but when it comes in, it's something that has to be attended to right now. And so if you don't have any surprises and this project is progressing, to a certain degree, then you know, okay, how much is this project costing me? What is the progress being done? Is the progress worth the cost? And so by the end of the project, then you know that, hey, the cost and the effort and energy we put into it is justified because of all the things we had to do for this project. And so in that way, a project at the end is not an emergency or not a surprise. It's actually a foregone conclusion. And you, as a leader, wherever you are in the organization, can prove that time after time, if you employ these specific strategies and tactics, then you can be like that chess master who sits down against their comp- opponent and says, inevitably, I will win because I have the right strategies and tactics and abilities to make this possible. So thanks for listening to this specific podcast. I really enjoy recording these podcasts and bringing new ideas to light. If you have any ideas or thoughts or concepts that you think would be interesting to talk about, then you can feel free to reach out to me at Caleb at Arcos Analytics or Todd at TAD at ArcosAnalytics.com. You can also find us on Twitter and LinkedIn for any new content that we put out. Thanks, and we will talk to you next time.